Hi, and welcome back to Brothers with Banners. Today we're doing something a little bit different. We're going to do some mini-sodes from time to time on other things we are reading or watching. And today we're going to break off from the normal podcast to do a quick mini-sode on Black Panther Wakanda Forever, which both me and Michael watched recently. So... We'll start here with just a very brief synopsis of the plot. If you have not seen the movie yet, this is full spoilers. Everything is going to get revealed. We open on T'Challa, uh, also known as Chadwick Boseman, dying from an illness. His sister tries to save him by recreating the heart-shaped herb synthetically, but she fails to do so, and he passes away. Not long afterwards, Wakanda, the nation of which he was king, is under pressure to share vibranium, generally speaking. They are unwilling to do it. And also at, I believe, the UN, they get into an altercation with the French, who recently launched a violent raid to try and steal vibranium that the Wakandans are refusing to share. At the same time, we learn that the American military has developed a device with the help of a very young scientist based in New Jersey named Riri Williams that can sense vibranium where it is located, and they have gone on an expedition under the ocean to find some vibranium that was there. It is not, in fact, only located in Wakanda, but in the process, they get attacked by a blue person who can fly with wings on his feet and a bunch of friends of his who kill everybody involved. Wakanda goes to investigate the scientist in question because a device that can sense vibranium is of course very bad for them and they go to steal Riri Williams. And that is also prompted because the blue man with wings on his feet, who's actually named Namor, comes to talk to the Wakandan leadership and tells them that they need to capture and kill the scientist because otherwise it's going to be bad for both Wakanda and this man named Namor's community, which is effectively Atlantis, although I don't think they use that term. That is from the comics. I don't think they say it at all in the movie. Namor reveals that he is the head of an underwater society that has existed for hundreds of years on the basis of vibranium as well, that they are the other nation on the planet that uses vibranium, and so they are very concerned about being found out by the non-vibranium peoples, and they're also very upset with Wakanda for T'Challa revealing the fact that vibranium existed and was on the earth in large amounts in the first place, which prompted this investigation. We then get lots of fun involving the Wakandans trying to save Riri Williams from the Atlanticians and from Namor. Uh, they run away and in the process get attacked on a boat by the Atlantis team. Shuri, who has taken over as the new Black Panther, has a one-on-one -on -one fight with Namor, which she wins, but she allows him to live. and. Uh, the movie ends with him calling off the attack because he lost this fight to her, followed by a quick conversation that we see between him and his number two about how at some point in the future, the Wakandans and Shuri are going to be much more interested in joining their fight against the non-vibranium human oppressors, and he's waiting for that day. So that was a very rough recap. There's uh, a lot of emotional beats in here that I just kind of skipped over. But Michael, what did you think of this movie? I had I had fun with it. I definitely, uh, as always, with any type of big blockbuster, I have my own my own opinions. But I'll start by saying I didn't realize a second a new Black Panther was coming out until maybe a month ago. At which point I saw the trailer, and the trailer was just gut wrenching. Chadwick Boseman, this all star actor, and just amazing, and just a sad story. He as as an actor passed away from cancer. I think very almost, almost yeah. two years ago, and and very. Yeah incredibly talented i uh, i got to see recently and i don't know if you saw it but ma rainey's black bottom 
Okay. Uh, beautiful movie on Netflix. I think it's an August Wilson play. But he does a, a really superb job in that as well as with everything else that he's touched. And uh and and I'll say that the like I was saying, the trailer looked really, really fun for this new movie, Wakanda Forever. I'll also say that I thought the movie dealt with his passing in a really positive way. There wasn't yeah. him CGI'd onto the screen. There wasn't yeah. him, you know, they weren't kind of playing with him as a cartoon. I think it was really respectful and I and I enjoyed that. So I'm, I'm, I have some critiques of this movie, but I want to start right there where you just left it, because I think the most wonderful thing of this movie is that this was a vehicle to mourn Chadwick Boseman, first and foremost. I think that was the primary goal of the script and the writing, and it really came through from casting crew. I mean, I don't know about the background here, but from everything I've ever heard about him, he sounded like a really great guy, and I have to assume he touched the lives of his co-stars pretty directly, and that this was if they were feeling emotional about making this movie, then it really shone through on the screen. And yeah, I, thought that I absolutely was agree. And I've been a, a fan of the Marvel movies for a while. This new phase has fallen off for me, but I, I really like them as what they are, which is popcorn blockbusters and not necessarily the most amazing thing in the world, but they're a lot of fun. So as somebody who's really consumed a lot of that universe, seeing them, them raise the morning and that emotion was yeah. really great and really wonderful and honestly reminded me of another block popcorn blockbuster series that had to deal with this too which is fast and furious mm. where you know it's all about familia uh, yeah. and those actors have been working together for so long and when paul walker passed away you and i actually saw that, that yeah. movie in theaters together and that last moment as cheesy as it was of him yeah. driving off into the sunset was very emotional because you could tell you know vin diesel cared a lot <laughs> it's actually actors cared I like I, I actually really like how you're saying this because I also have some critiques about the movie Wakanda Forever, but I will say that I think what you're touching on is exactly what it did very, very well. There was so much this was a movie about grief in a lot of ways. And I think that both through the characters and and I assume that that came from the actors, you know, and what it meant yeah. to be working with this man for for this little bit of time that they got to work together. And I think and I like your comparison to Fast and Furious, I think. You know, again, like like while that was definitely cheesier uh, than Wakanda yes. Forever, it really was for sure. a, an honest and authentic emotional moment. And it was sweet to be part of that. I do want to go into some of my critiques, though, which is that yes. in a movie that did so well surrounding and, and portraying grief, I don't think it was enough of the central plot. There was a lot of, you know, this still it couldn't resist and probably by virtue of the realities of Marvel and Disney and, and that this is a franchise and things like that. But, you know, this, you know, grief quickly took the backseat to the sort of shoot up, you know, you know, action moments that yeah. make these movies. And that fell really flat to me, even though that made up the majority of the film. Yeah. And those those the popcorn side of it, I think was not as great as some of their other things mm. uh, that they've done in past years. I, in particular, one of the things that I've always really loved about the MCU is exploring new worlds and the vibrancy of those worlds. And that was really a beautiful thing of the original Black Panther yeah. movie. I shouldn't say original. I don't know if there was one years ago. But the, first, <laughs> the first MCU Black Panther movie. Seeing Wakanda was the coolest part. I mean, yeah. it was such a beautiful society and so exceptionally well realized and it felt so lived in. And here, the thing that really killed me was Atlantis was so washed out. It was there terrible. Was no color to it. It was gray. And like, I understand they were going for an underwater creepy vibe to it, but I was so pumped to see this other world built with vibranium under the water. And I was bored. I, 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 was I thought so there was interested. a... 
a real just just mistake in the decision to do a realistic underwater feel everything yeah. felt really uncomfortable to me that like like it seemed like they took a, an idea and then they shoved it underwater the clothes didn't make sense to me the world that they lived in didn't make sense and it felt uncomfortable I, very similarly i just i'm agree not even sure i know that. how realistic it is either because i mean look i watch a decent amount of animal shows like sir david attenborough at night you know it's sure. a good thing to fall asleep for and the underwater episodes are so bright and colorful and vibrant they look like these alien work worlds they're so cool and this just had none of that. It just felt washed out and gray and dark. It was like, you know, like he recreated the sun, I think, under there, but it wasn't really a sun and it didn't really do anything. Yeah. I do want to, to shift to it. the larger problem that I had with this film, <laughs> uh, because I agree with everything that you're that you're saying. But but the the hardest part for me and and again i'm an armchair critic right like here yeah. i am i didn't have anything to do with this billion dollar movie like but, only. yeah exactly right but uh the the hard part for me and you had talked about this in your synopsis you touched i mean the, you, this shows up this is a problem that i had with the plot of the movie a movie that starts with you know these world powers turning to wakanda and saying you owe us vibranium yes. You owe us, and not only do you owe us, but we're trying to, to take it. forcefully take it. France is invading. The United States has their mining equipment that they can find vibranium now. So now we know that this is the problem, the world stage, and this is what Wakanda faces. And then instead of this being a film about, you know, I'm going to be hyperbolic, right? But like a world war, you know, what does it right. mean for Wakanda versus the world? Instead, it becomes Wakanda versus another ethnic group that has the same yes. qualms as Wakanda. And now yes. you have this central theme of, uh, you know, minority group versus minority group dealing with infighting, it, basically, much more yeah, than you have. Me. And I couldn't. Why is that th this movie? Yeah. I, and I think it's really a shame. There have been a number of instances in MCU properties over the last couple of years dating back to the first Black Panther, I'm sure there are ones even before that, where they develop these compelling villains that seem to have a point and then make them the villain. Uh, you know, there's really no, no switch flipping that converts them to that. It's okay, you're making an interesting argument rooted in the real world and your real world experiences but you're too violent about it. So we have to stop you. And then there's no real engagement with the issues that they were raising beforehand. And, you know, Black Panther did that. The first Black Panther did that better where the conclusion mm -hmm. of the movie is T'Challa deciding to reach out more to oppressed communities around the world and to work more with them. And while I may disagree with the specific uh, micro investment strategies that he decides to develop at least he did take something from that but you talk about something like falcon and the winter soldier mm. where the bad guys there there are two distinct bad guys one of them is effectively a white supremacist who's trying to take over the mantle of captain america for the blonde-haired blue-eyed peoples of the world uh and he's one of the villains and the other villain is a refugee who was displaced by the snap when half the world population disappeared right. had access to significantly more resources than ever before because half the people disappeared and then they came back and the world government said okay refugees that were taken care of in the last five years when we were able to turns out you're shit out of luck and right. she thinks that's bad and the main characters also think that's bad and then it ends with them killing her and the white supremacist, blonde-haired, blue-eyed guy sort of becomes a good guy. And 
the whiplash between the themes of that show, which I thought were interesting, and the conclusion of it really just left a bad taste in my mouth. And so this is just yet another example of that exact storyline, except here, even worse, Namor's problem, I think, was not developed well enough. Right. So you start off with the French issue, which I think was really interesting and then gets totally abandoned for the rest of the movie. You get one scene of Namor seeing uh, uh, European colonialism in his what looked to be an, an Incan or an Aztec home culture. We get we get two minutes of that, and then he wants to murder everyone. And I thought it would have been so much more interesting if we had developed that and if there had been genuine appeal to Wakanda for that. And instead, we got yet another reiteration of the same fight that we've gotten before. I do wonder a lot, and I can only imagine that, like, you know, the the production rooms and the producers and the executives as they're putting movies like this together, and especially in huge franchises, you know, is thinking about the audience in in segments, you know, us, the audience, and that on the one hand, yeah. you have people like us who, for the most part, have really grown up in our mature years with the MCU. Do you know what I mean? This has really been something that we've gotten to grown with, and the MCU really caught you know, lightning in a bottle with a lot of this evolution of their, what was these individual Marvel films becoming this Marvel cinematic universe and this right. enormity of it. And I mean, it was really an incredible moment in cinema just by the sheer magnitude of it. But now you have that in the rearview mirror. And I do wonder if these executives sit around and say, well, who's this audience? Who is this film for? The new audience, the ones that are young, the kids that right. are going to go backwards and experience the MCU but are now going to the theaters, you know, as a 10 year old and a 12 year old and seeing Wakanda forever. And they want to see aliens and they want to see, you know, weird creatures. And they want them to battle each other versus people like ourselves, which is saying, you know, wait a second, I'm looking for a continued maturation, you yeah. know, and what you're showing is some more adult content, some yeah. more uh, creative themes. I, I don't mean adult content in terms of sex. <laughs> I mean, Mature at Marvel. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let me try and rephrase that. Uh, some more <laughs> complex themes and some more complex discussions. And, you know, it's just such a shame for me because so much of comics originally grows out of oppression and oppressed communities. And, you know, for me and you, we're both Jewish. And mm -hmm. so much of this came out of the Jewish community of the 30s, 40s, and 50s in reaction to the Holocaust. And you look at a a, a history like Marvel has, which I think first and foremost of the X-Men versus Magneto, which was mm. meant to be uh, an MLK Malcolm X dispute. And they have redone that story so many times of the nonviolent versus the violent, the assimilation versus the isolationist. And what is the proper response for an oppressed community to have to their obsession? And I think that's an interesting theme and you can get a lot out of it. But at this point, they had an option to do something new with this movie, which is colonial powers are reacting. A friend of mine said this before I even saw the movie to a non-colonized space in Africa, one mm -hmm. that has built themselves up powerfully on the basis of their own resources and has become this world power. They have really revealed themselves to be a world power. And you have the French invading to steal the vibranium. You have the Americans pissed that the Wakandans won't cooperate with them. And then Namor shows up and he could have been like, look at what was done to us that we're reacting to. And 
you don't even have to make it Wakanda versus the world governments. You could have made it Wakanda versus, I'm blanking on the character's name, but this white supremacist Captain America. This right, very right. easily could have been a Hydra thing, that there are aspects of world leadership and of the Western countries which are co-opted and led by these horrible forces. And that Wakanda is forced to assert itself and throw its might around against these so as to support the oppressed peoples that Killmonger was speaking for. That would have been a much more interesting movie for me instead of just doing the same fight over again between two ethnic groups that are reacting differently to their history of oppression. I'll add too, you know, you bring up the X-Men versus Magneto and sort of the politic, the political history of comics and where they come from. I mean, it's it goes mostly without saying, but Black Panther is not subtle in its naming convention. <laughs> uh, and they actually, I, I learned this. They, uh, I believe, independently happened around the same time. For real? I, I don't have this information in front of me, and I looked it up. This was six months to a year ago. I'm pretty sure they independently emerged the Black Panther Party and the Black Panther comic right around the same time because it's a natural symbolism for uh black nationalism african pride interesting things of that nature, okay fair yeah and it's it's worth noting the original black panther comics were very very on the line problematic over the line so this was not something that had the support and participation of the black panther oh i see interesting oh good to know um you know it, it's interesting going off of a lot of what you were just saying as well but i do wonder because uh, again as these sort of armchair critics that we get to be, I do wonder what it means to have that responsibility of carrying the weight of a franchise and like what that means. I remember when I watched the newer Star Wars movies that came out, maybe, yeah. God, I don't even know at this point, uh, but I think it was The Force Awakens was one of the first ones of, of that set. And I remember seeing I that- I have no idea. And my, I can't remember the yeah, names of those movies, knows. let alone what happened in each of them. But I, I will say that I remember watching that film and coming home and writing this this long essay, mostly to myself, about what it should have been, which is not a retelling of the Luke story. It should have been right. a political intrigue film, you know, in the Senate. Yeah. Now that Leia Organa and Han, you know, Han Solo have well, now you're just describing what Episode One was trying to be and failed yeah well <laughs> right but it's it's it goes back again to kind of what we've been touching on you know there's for us as the lifers you know and we're even young yeah. to the star wars era of lifers we're kind of lifers when it comes to the new ones as they come out but you know we do have this sense of history to them but again all of these films do need to stand on their own for that audience that hasn't seen this before and right that's true I, I will say, though, I'm glad you brought up Star Wars, and I'm going to make us do a mini-sode on this at some point. Oh, but okay. I watched Black Panther Wakanda Forever right after having binged Andor twice. Mm, that's right. And, you know, there's a place where all of my criticisms of Wakanda Forever can kind of be boiled down to, what did you expect? It's an MCU and Disney property. And it, it they felt particularly intense to me at that moment, having just come out of a show that at least in season one, and I'm praying that they do this right for season two, and I trust the showrunner, but at least in season one was unflinching in displaying what can only be called terrorism, terroristic acts committed by the very, what's the word I'm looking for? The strictly good guys. They, they were, it was, this was not nuanced. You are not supposed to feel you're not supposed to feel conflicted about what's happening to the empire right. in these moments. But you said in a recent episode, I think we haven't released this one yet, that you know there's the the old 
uh, cliche almost of one person's terrorist is another person's freedom fighter. And right. I think Andor communicated that very effectively, that when you are using these violent tactics and you are taking this approach in the face of oppression and in the face of this violent fascism that the empire was producing, that that needs to be accepted and internalized as necessary and even at times good. And Black Panther instead took the exact opposite approach of well, they didn't display this side of it well enough, but there is no issue that is bad enough for us to violently resist in the way that Namor is proposing. And that's just a very unnuanced view of the world and uninteresting view of the world. And so that left me feeling very flat. Yeah, and I like that. I, I think that's so astute. And and I know, like you said, we'll talk about Andor soon enough, but something that I enjoyed from Andor was that, you know, an action can be per, like, like, an action can have projected upon it a tone, uh, you know, so here's this action that we saw in Andor, you know, was it a terrorist act? Was it, a, you know, a lone, you know, uh, you know, individual doing this? Well, to the, the you know, the rebels, yeah. it's, it's a positive action to the empire. It's a negative one. And that type of subtlety and nuance really was, and I say this in total agreement with you, really was lacking from Black Panther. Black Panther really also for me, I think it like, like, really felt like a wonderful display of homage to Chadwick Boseman, to his yes. character. There was that yes. beautiful, I think the acting was really, really well done by some of the heavy actors in it. Yeah, uh, both but guys, as a, I, I want to give specific shout outs yeah. to uh, uh, Letitia Wright, Lupita Nyong'o, and, uh, oh my God, I'm sorry, I'm blanking on the name of the mother, Angela Bassett. Yes, all, all just fantastic performances. So wonderful to watch, but as a film... I found it to be a little boring and drawn out. There wasn't enough reason behind the action going on for, to justify the actions going on. You know, I think out of five, I'd give it a two, two and a half maybe. Uh, but uh, but again, always fun to see those actors act. Always fun to see this franchise continue to grow. And to was this time one of the winners? Characters. Yeah. Was this the winner? Not, not for me in particular. Yeah. Agreed. Well, that wraps us up. I hope you had fun engaging with us. We're going to tr start doing some more of these mini-sodes and release them. They, they may become bonus content uh, later on, but we're having fun just exploring everything, and we'll be back to our regular, regularly scheduled Game of Thrones podcast in the near future. So as always, if you've enjoyed it, please subscribe. Please rate and review us. Uh, we have launched our Twitter. Michael didn't know that. But uh, follow us on Twitter, retweet, any type of recommendation you can provide is the, the best review you can give. And we'll see you guys next time.